Welcome to another episode of the Following Films Podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we have a very special guest joining us, the immensely talented actor, Ethan Supley. Renowned for his incredible performances in films like Remember the Titans and American History X, as well as memorable roles in television series like My Name is Earl. Ethan has become a true force to be reckoned with in the world of acting. Today, I have the honor of diving deep into his latest collaboration with Nick Cassavetes, a powerful and disturbing film titled God is a Bullet. The film follows vice detective Bob Hightower as he searches for his kidnapped daughter. Hightower finds his ex-wife murdered by a satanic cult and his daughter kidnapped by those same cultists. Hightower eventually gets fed up with the official investigation and quits the force. In order to track them down, he joins forces with their only female escapee, Case Harden. The two go undercover in a world of violence and high stakes for their own reasons. Hightower needs to find his daughter, and Harden needs to get closure on her time as the cult's captive. But before we dive into our conversation with Ethan, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookman's. Bookman's is your go-to independent bookstore where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and so much more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling and the magic of the cinematic arts. So if you're looking to expand your film collection, be sure to visit your nearest Bookman's. Have you followed the following films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. If you haven't, head on over to Spotify, search for following films and give us a follow. It really does help the show. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Ethan about God as a Bullet. The film is currently in theaters. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. If I have the ability, look at that. I can actually look record that. There we go. go. Have you had that experience yet as a uh, fellow podcaster? Have you forgot to hit the record button yet in your uh, experience so far? I Man, I am so worried about that kind of thing that I like check it and recheck it. And is the red light on over and over and over again? Yeah, it's uh, I, I've I've made that mistake twice. So, oh. uh, yeah, but that was uh, yeah, it's not my favorite moment, especially when it's somebody that you've wanted to talk to your whole life kind of thing. So oh, it's got to be devastating. Yeah, it was a uh, Peter Shasitsky. It was a DP who shot most of Cronenberg's early stuff. And yeah, just, yeah, totally fucked it up my own and then you have a you have a great conversation and it's gone just in there but yeah. you know that, that's okay it's kind of that's like okay that, that's all right in the end it's i still had this really cool conversation so uh yeah but thank you for taking time to do this man i really appreciate it and especially about this film because this is you're one of those people that um i think we're probably about the same age i'm 46 i'll be 47 later this year and um i've been a fan of your work for a long time. And it's one of those things where you get to meet somebody, you get to talk to them for a minute and you're like, well, I want to talk about the thing at hand, but I have all these questions about all this other shit that I've been following for the last 30 years. How can I do that? And then you see something like this and you go, oh, well, actually we got I, a lot to talk. We got we all kinds of things to talk, shit to talk about right now. Yeah. But um, just, I, I guess the first thing I wanted to say though, was uh, that you're one of those actors that I think you absolutely get the assignment. Uh, when you show up that you, you, whether you're playing something that's completely goofy or you're playing something that is as dark as this, which I'm not sure if you've gone much darker than this, but if you have, I don't think I ever went this dark before. This was as dark as I've ever gone. I think. Yeah. 
because I've always felt a tinge of humanity in all of your characters, no matter how there was vulnerability and everything. This one, it was there, but man, it was deep beneath the surface. Well, yeah, I think, and that was honestly the biggest, um, you know, you want some, you want there to be some work to work. You want there to be some effort that you have to put into it. And for me, that was it. It was, how do I strip away this guy's humanity? Because Honestly, in a character like Seth from American History X, there was work to put humanity into that, right? Because it's so on the page. He's saying stuff that's so kind of opposite of what I agree with morally that it's like, okay, but I can't make him an utter cartoon. He is pretty cartoonish, but like he also has to be a real person. And I find that most real people have some humanity. They're people like... Seth's a bad guy and has terrible ideas, but there's got to be some humanity in him because people aren't walking around thinking I'm bad, I'm evil. They're thinking I'm right. With Gutter in God is a Bullet, it was actually like, no, no, he wants to be a sociopath. He's either a sociopath or he's an aspiring sociopath. He's a serial killer. So how do we actually take the humanity out? It was It was a challenge. Oh, I could only imagine because the idea of finding a character and saying, this is somebody that's broken, something led them to here. There's a million different paths. They could have been just like the, anybody that you would have loved in your life. Cause you see all these things that are endearing and charming and actually you don't want to like them, but you kind of do in a way. And those are characters that are, I can get my head around cause I can see projecting myself into that and finding those differences. But with this man, the, you're yeah. An aspiring sociopath, like what the hell happened there? I mean, yeah, not, not, it's, this isn't simply a, not enough hugs from mom and dad when you're a kid no. situation. No, so. there's something broken in his brain for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and so then, but there's, I, I see a lot of people talking about how dark this film is. Cause I, I watched it twice, had a chance to sit down with it for a little while. And I think, the element that a lot of people are missing here is that there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie also for as twisted and dark. There's a lot of humor in this movie. And I think that it knows that it's being funny at times. And I'm, I, I feel like if I, you see this with an audience, you'll start to pick up on that maybe a little bit more than if you're watching this by yourself at home, preparing for an interview or writing a review. Cause there's some shit here. That's absolutely hilarious to me, at least. No, no, I think you're right. And I think that comes from Nick. And also like, if it's just, bleak and savage that it i think it would be more exhausting so i think it needs a little bit of that stuff in there you know i i really do i mean like i i I couldn't be a bigger jonathan tucker fan if you're not if you're not laughing at some of the stuff he does you're missing what he's doing you know he's hilarious i think there were scenes that were hard to do with him because he's really funny and we're talking about awful stuff um and and i think that is necessary you know to to make this movie work i think you gotta have some of that oh oh 100 and there's a way that these characters are contextualized and brought into the forefront the into modern times which if i'm doing this in my mind i start automatically thinking of all the stereotypes, the kind of tropes that you'd lean into with like heavy metal and that kind of thing, which is where like satanic panic came from in my mind in the eighties, you know, growing up with that stuff around and being a fan of a lot of, you know, I, I listened to Slayer when I was a kid and I understood the joke when I listened to it, I got it. I was in on the joke. Um, yeah. And so, but like with something like this, it's 
there's a idea of that expectation and what these guys are like. And you see the music they're listening to and the clubs they're going to and these things. And it's just like, this is not what you would expect from somebody with these tattoos. And it's just something that I got a kick out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I think that all comes from Nick because no, I totally know what you're saying. They couldn't be cliches. No. If they if they if it was just cliches, it doesn't work. If it was the satanic panic was real and here's yeah. why, I don't think it works. But it works because we played with some of those boundaries a little bit, you know what I mean? And we tried to undo even, you know, it's impossible for me to like if 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 before this you said uh, paint me a picture of a, a, a satanic serial killer. I would probably come up with like, you know, the 1980s are back and here's what that looks like. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's very hard, but I think Nick worked his way out of that in a really, really special way. So Nick has been working on this thing for a long time and I know you guys have worked together before. So was this a project you were aware of for a while or, cause I think it's been over 10 years. He's been trying to get this made. Yeah, I knew about this 10 years ago. He Jesus brought it up man. to me 10 years ago. And and, and look, <clears throat> I I think you could talk to Martin Scorsese and Martin Scorsese is going to tell you about movies he really, really wanted to make that he never got made because it's it, it, there's just, um, you know, I think of every movie, every TV show I've ever done is a little bit of a miracle that everything came together because that for everyone that gets made, there's a thousand that aren't getting made that have A-list actors, A-list directors, financers, and it just all the pieces don't fit at the right time. Right. And yep. so, um, you know, uh, God, close to 30 years ago. Nick was trying to make a movie called going after Cacciato and we never made that. And I still say to him, like, I'm not right for it anymore. Cause I'm now 47 <laughs> and it's about kids in, in Vietnam, you know, teenage guys, but like, please make that movie. And you know, it's like, okay, but some of these movies just aren't going to get made. So it's like he, a little bit of a miracle that he got this made because let's be honest the the movies that are making money in theaters are are pg-13 you yeah. know and this is definitely not pg-13 and the big fear for me with anything like this is we go to start shooting it and some producer says uh less blood less gore you get one fuck because that's like the the magic for a PG-13 movie, right. right? You can only say fuck once, something like that. And it's like, this movie doesn't work like that. And by the way, I've done movies that I thought were going to be awesome. And while we're shooting them, we start to get rewrites. And it's like, well, it, it, we can't have an R rating. And it's like, well, you're ruining the movie. The movie, And yeah. then the movie sucks, you know? And that's one of the really nice things about Nick is Nick doesn't play like that. Nick will not, his integrity is ironclad and he will not bend. So you go into making a movie with Nick, he's going to make the movie he's going to make. And there will be no substitutions. There will be no uh, compromise. And that's one of the things I love about Nick. Well, and I think he's one of those filmmakers that is. Um... Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookman's, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys. 
movies, uh, and movies, and and the coffee news. You like to look at the movies, and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front. That's yes. great. So last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? A stick from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the uh, ex. Uh, as to cover, sorry, sorry, I So, no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So, based on this cover, you see grass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart. Because in this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter and New York's turns into a prison in this movie. And there's the hero, as you can see, very strong, in fact. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Now, you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old. But do you think in a couple years from now, when you get a little bit older, you'll want to check out Escape from New York? Yes. Okay. What's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at Bookman's that you like? Come here. Talk so that people can hear you. A Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors. That's a great movie. So... When you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Um, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was a good idea. Unfortunately, because of his family name, I think he's undervalued as a filmmaker despite making some incredible movies and he takes his time and it's not one a year every year coming out you know every six months or anything like that but the ones that he makes are incredibly deliberate and they are all over the place as far as the genres that they're working in but they're of the highest caliber in every genre that he works in you know th this film is this wonderful blend of it has 70s exploitation elements to it but it also is deeply grounded in a reality but it's also fantasy at the same time. And that's something that's really hard to pull off to have all these different tones going at the same time, but it's you're invested and you believe in it. And the fact that I have spent five hours watching this movie now, because I watched the director's cut and I went back, that's just because there's so much depth to the characters here. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, it's a shocking movie. It is very much in your face. It is not shy. It does not shy away from moments that as a parent make me incredibly uncomfortable, sure. but it has a lot going on, a lot more than other exploitation movies do. So it's something that you can definitely, it warrants multiple visits, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, and that was part of my surprise that we were making it. And, and, and when I talked to him, I was like, okay, what'd you have to lose? What'd you cut out? And he was like, nothing. We're making the movie we want to make. And I, and so, you know, until we were actually shooting some of those scenes, I didn't totally believe it. I mean, I knew his integrity, but I thought there was going to be like some money guy coming to set going, no, you can't, this, this, that was a joke that you wanted to shoot this scene. You got to cut this out. You can't show that, you know, yeah. and we did it all. And, um, and I agree entirely with you. I have daughters and a granddaughter and like, this movie from start to finish is literally my worst nightmare. Yeah. And, uh, and like, it should be upsetting also, you know, there should be stuff in here that's truly upsetting, but like to your point about, you know, all 
horror movies, I believe for the most part, exist in a, a fantasy or an alternate yes. universe. And there is some of that, but the alternate universe here is so close to this that there's nothing that could actually happen. Like there, none of the laws of physics are being broken. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not that weird thing where like you kill Freddy, Freddy exists in your nightmares. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well that's not real. And so I'll go along for the ride. No, all of these people, while yes, they're extreme and probably exaggerated from anything that actually exists sure. here, they could, all these guys could exist, you know? And so that's kind of a heavier place to make something of this nature because once you go like um it's the texas chainsaw massacre you know that you're in a fantasy and you know that like okay well none of this is actually possible none of this is happening because you you kill the guy 30 times and he comes back and it's like well that's not that's not real so i'm not going to actually be f scared all of this stuff could happen and and not that I think we need to have another satanic panic. I think we should just watch it and allow ourselves to be upset and then feel other things, feel grief and anger and joy at times, you know, and laugh too, you know? Well, it's the, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up horror films because I think there is elements of this that are working emotionally in the same plane where, yeah, there's a distancing from it, but the best horror movies are ones that you care about the characters. Then it's not, you're projecting yourself as a parent into the situation or anything. You're caring about these people that are in an absurd situation that could never happen. And then you're invested because you don't want to see your friends in harm's way, or, you know, they're just cannon fodder and it's fine. And you're just watching it for the trick. And that's, that's a totally different thing. But with this, yeah, you have both where you have something that is that fantasy and there is, it's slightly off where, yeah, it's, it is exaggerated where, okay, this could be elements of every one of these characters are real, but do they all get wrapped up into one person that is this exact thing? Probably not, but it's something that you're so invested because you take your time with these characters. This is a long winding road of yeah. uncomfortable shit that you spend a lot more time, even with subplots and B characters that you get a good understanding of where they are. And I think that that's something that's unique to genre films and especially ones like this. I mean, this is probably more akin to something like hereditary than people might readily notice. I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's in that universe for sure uh, of, of, or that class of film. Um, it's upsetting but god you know it's it could you know i hope it doesn't actually exist out there but it could it could it could and it, and i think that it's not something where i think the key to these things is if they remain truthful to themselves they create yeah. a world and they never break that trust where suddenly in the final act there's something that's convenient that ties everything together i, I think that if you would have had the moment at the end of this film where it all becomes real that everything right. that it that would have felt disingenuous to everything sure. I'd seen before. Um, so I'm God damn it, man. I, I just the, the one thing I just want more movies from Nick at this point. Cause <laughs> like it, it's literally it's one of those things that he does movies that in concept I wouldn't necessarily be attracted to, but he I just love everything he, he does. nails them. No, I do too. you know, uh you never saw yellow. No, I haven't seen yellow. No. So yellow, I I think um there were some legal issues with yellow um but i think he's gonna figure out releasing yellow and it's okay. it's it's also fucking wild <laughs> it is wild so is it would you put it at, 
is it as dark as God's no. bullet? Okay. No, Just, not okay. at all. Not at all as dark. Um, I mean, there's darkness. I think there's darkness in every movie Nick makes, though. You, you know, yeah. uh, there's darkness in the notebook. There's darkness in the other sister. Yeah. Um, oh, God. The, the other sister is actually, yeah. It, that, that's one of those ones that's sneaky dark. Where it, yeah. That's, that's rough, man. Sure. And there's certainly darkness. There's lots of darkness in yellow, but it's not as dark as God is a bullet. Well, yeah. And well, and even something like John Q. That's one that, you know, th- that's one that keeps me up, you know, when yeah. you're, when you have a family and you think about what would you do in that situation? That's just, yeah. He, he, and on its own though, these are things, I feel like he's almost like a filmmaker in the wrong era. He, his sure. movies feel like the, he he is one of those guys that should have been making movies 40 years ago because of the types of stories that he tells. And um, to your point though, sorry, something you mentioned earlier, I've had swimming around the back of my head. You mentioned that it's kind of a minor miracle when any movie gets made. It's also, I think, even more so when something gets made and then it works. When yeah. something, when it actually goes through that process, and it's still something that not only, that you want to watch, that actually is that all these elements come together, and somehow that that blend, that collaboration, still works. Where you know you have so many departments and so many different creative people all bringing their energy to this that it could really get screwed up, and especially in a film like this where if you have one performance, it's slightly off in this thing. I, I really think the movie could fall apart in the acting. Yeah, sure. No, no, totally. Listen, it's a miracle to get it made. It's a bigger miracle for it all to work because, you know, it's like uh, you have somebody with a vision and then you have 200 people executing that vision. It's very easy to fuck that up. Um but it's also very hard to get those 200 people together to get them paid, to get the money for the film and the locations and all of that stuff. It's all wild that we, that we have, uh, we have movies to look back on from 40 years ago that are all miracles that we're still thinking about them, you know, and, and, and movies like this that are getting made that we're talk we're having conversations about it. It's pretty wonderful. You know, it could all be, and not to knock Marvel. Like I love guardians of the galaxy, but it could all be Marvel. And, yeah. and that to me would be a real shame. Oh, that that's, it's, I know when things are not for me and that's okay. Not every movie needs to be made for me. Are they working for a certain group of people? Absolutely. But one thing that you mentioned before, this R rating thing where something like John wick four comes out and that's outgrossing superhero movies. And so there, there's some light at the end of the tunnel, as far as a hard R movie, that's absolutely uncompromising a three hour plus, you know, gung fu movie that, it, people are attracted to. And so that, that gives me a little bit of hope. I wish that it wasn't a part four because um, right. I, I do like seeing um, some original storytelling, but I, I do think there is room for films like yours as well, because there's a lot of people like me that just, we're not going to theaters because it's when it's all Marvel movies over the weekend, this is the type of shit that gets me to leave my house and get a babysitter. Yeah. Totally. No, that's, that's, that's good to know. I didn't know that it, I mean, I knew the John Wick movies were were doing well, but that gives, that gives, that gives us some chance at getting some more good R rated movies out there to like, or or just tell the MPAA to give us a couple more fucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how people talk. That's how I talk. It doesn't upset me to hear the word fuck. 
Not one bit. It, it's it's context. It's you know, yeah. as, as a parent, you teach your kids that yeah, this is a word I say, but you have to know when you're able to say it, when you're not able to say it. And sure. to, there's words you could say that are not swear words that are by far more offensive and more hateful than fuck or shit. Those yeah. are not that they're, they're not offensive. But if it's you fucking blank, then the thing after that. No, that, that's what's offensive to me. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. Tell your kids not to say them to their teacher at school. <laughs> and otherwise, they should be okay. Well, dude, Ethan, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was truly a pleasure. Um, I really loved the movie. Uh, congratulations. And you're one of those guys that you look through that list on IMDb and you got more than one miracle in there. You've got, yes. you got like 10, 20 of those in there, which is pretty amazing. So uh, thank yeah. you, Chris. So con- congratulations. And I'm always looking forward to whatever you got next coming down the path. Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now, uh, all right. All right. See take you. care. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
always crack.